Good morning, everybody. Happy new week. And um, right next to me, I have my amazing author, Kim Billington, very, very fresh, hot off the press, as you can see behind her, nicely set up, uh, account, author of the A Counselor's Companion. So, Kim, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Nat. I'm very well. I'm wearing a warm woolly jumper in like a pink colour and you're in, a, you know, a strappy top. You must be in a different state from Melbourne. Yes, for another five days and then I'm coming back home. But, yes, it's beautiful and sunny. We had a lot of rain here last week, which was really, really sad looking. But now um, the sunshine's come out. We've been to the beach a few days and, um, yes, I'm in a little dress, um, you know, feeling, you know, just enjoying the last few days of sunshine before Actually, I prefer Melbourne for focus and working versus, um, you know, being in Queensland. I always feel like in a holiday mode that I should be out there just at the beach and doing stuff like that. So I think a mix of both is a good uh, good balance. So thank you so much for saying yes to this uh, author interview, if you like, because I know how important your book is. And I know Stuart has said to me that he had the most entertaining time helping you unpack this book when that was happening because we are one of the target markets that you target this particular book at, which is, you know, parents and counsellors and teachers, as um, you have said, and you'll tell us all about that. But for the rest of you guys, I just want to give you Kim's official um, introduction, and then we'll get talking about this awesome cool tips that she shares within her book. And look at all those little drawings behind her. She's on, on brand this morning, which I absolutely love. All right, so here's her little... Um, bio so she's an experienced kim billington is an experienced and qualified counselor and accredited counseling supervisor kim has built a career working with families she wrote her book a counselor's companion as a way to pass forward her knowledge and learnings about ways to support children to counselors parents and teachers kim's passion is to support people who work and live with children and young people to make time and space to hear the voice of the child in her career as a counselor kim has written many training booklets and had uh, published articles published in professional counseling journals over the years, people began to say, can you put all these ideas into one book? So by mid-lockdown in Melbourne last year, we're all in that big lockdown, September 2020, the Cosmic Algorithms introduced Kim to us, the Ultimate 48-hour author, and she took up the challenge to become a published author. So this year, she has begun to write another book because she's already committed to her second book publishing um, for counsellors of adult clients and for adults too who are struggling with a variety of challenging life problems. So today's live is um, named Hearing the Voice of the Child. So Kim, why did you put that kind of a title? I love it. You know, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm curious. Can you talk us through and give us a little bit of a breakdown as to what you're mm. about? Well, I, I often use the last century as a kind of metaphor for our thinking. So last century, people really weren't that interested in hearing the voice of the child. You know, children were to be seen and not heard or, you know, all that kind of thing. And, and pretty much silence, shut down. No, you've done the wrong thing. Go to your room. No pocket money for a week or whatever. Yeah. And and, and that's because the adults, the parents or the teachers, um, they actually weren't aware that the child has got emotions that are sometimes big, sometimes mid middle-sized, sometimes small, that are uh, unexpressed. If, if you can't express your emotion, what do you do with it? It ends up in a behavior. So to create a safe place 
for your child to hear the voice, whether they, you know, cry and put their hand where it, the, the emotion is. They often can't say in words what, it, what it's about. Even teenagers, they can't express. When you're heightened with an emotion, you can't express the emotion. So creating the safe place to hear the voice of the child is central to the book, really. Mm, I love it. Beautiful. So talk to me about these big and little emotions and what you just said. I was very curious. Tell me when, when someone touches themselves wherever, what does that mean? Look, as adults, we become expert at suppressing or containing emotions. If I'm sitting with adult clients, I see a little elbow or, you know, shoulder flick or a, a little knee or foot flick. And I go, whoa, that's the emotion inside wanting to speak. Right. So we've all got like the babushka doll. We've we present as the outer babushka doll, but inside, if we unpack it, we come down to the little tiny one. That's the child. So yeah. as an adult, we can, we can suppress emotions, which can cause illnesses, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As children, they, they haven't got the skill yet to suppress emotions, so it all comes out. Mm-hmm. And we can say, emotion, <laughs> is that a middle-sized, mm-hmm. okay emotion or a teeny tiny bit of grumpiness, you know? Is it rage? Mm-hmm. Is it frustration? Or is it just a little bit of a grumpy feeling? So we can scale the emotion like that. And, and then the child feels it's more playful. In the book, there's a lovely picture um, that Tamar drew. And it's around mm. yep. using that scale we use for the bushfires in Australia. Yes, yep. And so you know, that I, as soon as a family comes to see me or they see me on Zoom, I email them a copy of that picture so that we've got something we can look at together and you know very what's really funny is very often the parents will say well I want the arguing to be um, low to moderate please and the boys will say yeah but you know mum we've never got to catastrophic Uh, we don't mind it being very high and then we have a discussion about what's an okay emotion as long as people don't hurt one another. Mm, I love that. I love that. So, um, so tell me about like, you know, when small children, where do they touch for certain things? What, what's the meaning? <laughs> Look, a lot of uh, children will say they've got a tummy ache before school. Uh-huh. And so you can say, ah, look, I'll put my hand on my, on my tummy too. Take a breath in. <sighs> yeah, I, I feel it. You do the same. That, that tummy ache's telling you something. Mm-hmm. That li- it's a little emotion. It's a little feeling. Yeah. Let's take another breath in through the nose. <sighs> now through the mouth. Oh, hello, little feeling. Yeah. Uh, I'll be with you. I'll be with you all day today. You can talk, teach a child self-compassionate talk rather than dismissing it, t- teaching the child to contain it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, obviously there are times we need to contain it. If you're nervous and you're going for a job interview as a 15 yeah. year old, well, it might be really good to contain that. Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong when you get home to say, oh, you know, mum, I've just had a terrible day. I don't even feel like eating, you know. Oh. And, and the parent says, okay, I'll put my hand there too. Let's just breathe with this. You know, this is a real thing happening inside you. Yeah. Take a breath in. <sighs> Let it out. It's there. This is life. This is the reality of life. We have these things called emotions. So we're teaching them, um, like, how to contain them? Is that, like, what I'm getting from you of course at, at appropriate times and then look I- at, at times at times we have to contain them for example if, if the child has moved from a little bit of frustration up to rage mm. um in that moment when they're heightened you can't even speak to them they won't hear you 
No. Or... Same with us, you know, yes. human beings, when we become heightened, we, we stop listening. Yeah. So the best thing to do is to, previous to this happening, in other words, just in general with your children, is to be able to say, look, when any of us get heightened and upset and distressed or rage, you know, uh, we all need a system in our family. And sometimes that means time away, not go to your room, it's your time out, but I'm going to go and have some time away. I'm going to hang the washing out. Yeah. <laughs> so we give the person space. Yeah. We don't confront them. And then when they're not as heightened, when we can say, look, last night at dinner, you know, there was this big kind of upset, you know, can we talk about it? Is that okay? What did you need me to say? I obviously didn't respond in, in the best way, but you were screaming at your sister. And, um, you know, that's not right either. Can you see that? How can we manage it next time? Yeah. I've heard that, um, you know, from adult world, like, making decisions when we're too high or too low is not the right time. We need to wait till we come back to neutral before we can make yeah. a sort of more uh, thought through decision. And yes, I have noticed definitely you cannot speak to someone who's, you know, I guess even on the two scales of, you know, whether it's anger and rage or, you know, really sad or something like that. So that's interesting to know. It, it It's, it, I guess it, um, it's just expressed differently with children, isn't it? And yeah. adults forget what it was like to be a child. Oh, <laughs> totally, totally. And but, one of the one of the best things for adults is to, if they're confronted as, as a teacher or a parent or even a counsellor, some, someone's in your space and it's a young person or a child yes. and you're not sure what to do, think back to something when you were similar age because it could be if you don't know what to do, you can't access your front cortex, your adult wisdom and mind. If you can't access that when you're with a, a young person or a child, it's probably because you're being triggered. Mm. You're being triggered by something that happened at a similar age because the body keeps the score. The body never forgets your own little traumas, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, whew, you know, if you're with a 10-year-old and they're having a flip out, you know, it's like, mm. oh, if you were chastised severely as a child, you might go, whew put your hand on your chest, put your hand on your belly and go, mm, okay, yeah, here we go. I've got to be the adult now and not the frightened child that's trying to solve everything. Yeah, mm. yeah that's amazing. Yeah, you're right. Your, your body and our imprinting stays with us forever, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love it. So what about the, you talk about um, learning to connect before correct, <laughs> you know, yes. and a lot of parents can be, you know, wanting to be in control. Mm. So how do we mm. manage those situations? And tell me a little bit about the differences between yeah. correcting and correcting. Yeah. Well, I mean, counsellors don't go about correcting. We, you know, especially say you're looking at a school counsellor, any disciplinary matter that goes to the teachers because mm -hmm. otherwise that would breach the kind of um, therapeutic alliance that the counsellor has with the child. Yes. As a parent or a teacher, you've got a child that's uh, acting in some way that's, you know, maybe just for example, they've decided they're going to stand on the chair, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now you can you can go into your um, critical mode and and say, you know, get down off the chair. How you know that's wrong? Or you can say, well, actually, did you know chairs are for sitting on? <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, hmm, I wonder what that's about. <laughs> you know, you can kind of use a bit of humour. You can connect. That's connecting. Yes. You're not throwing out your anger and your dis disapproval. 
uh, which completely distances you from the child. Mm. You're connecting with the child. You find a way to go, oh, okay, I hear you. You know, you don't want to eat this dinner I've made. That's fine. I'll, I'll try and not be too offended. <laughs> but actually, that's the dinner I've made. I'm not, I'm not going back to the kitchen to make anything special. If, if tonight you don't want to eat it, so be it. Mm. You know, so you, you're using your rational mind as the adult Mm-hmm. to find a way that is empathic, uh, responsive, in the moment, connecting. Mm. Yes. You know? And then and then potentially, you see, um, and, I'll, and I'll just mention that now, you, you can set up something called the solution book. This yeah. is the $2 solution book. You don't even need to pay money to go and see counselling if you work with the solution book. So what, a family, does put in, what does one put in there? <laughs> you know what? It's magic. It's magic that you write in it and any child or family member writes in this solution book a problem. Uh-huh. When you sit down once a week as a little family and open it uh, inside or with a date and what the prob- problem was, oh, that was seven-year-old so-and-so that wrote that problem. And then everyone goes, okay, let's look at that problem. And all, everyone sits together looking at the problem, getting ideas going. Children are very good at coming up with ideas. They, they are these, you know, brainstorming, amazing people so mm-hmm. and families can come up with solutions there's something called family meetings so i recommend everyone it's in the book um but family meetings once a week 20 minutes use this two dollar solution book mm-hmm. it can be also planning for a birthday party or a holiday yes. so um yeah this is this is really important that we get together and and do that yeah i love it we we do family meetings but not quite as regularly um as as you recommend um and it's really good so the solution book someone goes in and they can put something in before the family meeting but then it gets addressed at the family meeting yeah 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 yeah. and I I always suggest look you you put the date there because you want to make sure you review anything you've discussed in a month's time because you have an idea and it might not quite work it might need tweaking but again everyone's I mean there's no family democracy that says we're all equal the family or in a classroom you know the teacher the parents they have a responsibility for young people so that allows them a little bit more power and influence but again hearing the voice of the child children are very canny they're very clever they come up with really good ideas and the family meeting is a safe place for the child's voice to be heard Uh, and often they come up with better ideas than parents I mean, we know when more heads come together, we're creating the power of the mastermind, don't we? And, mm. um, and you know, young minds are so um, agile, you know, that, yeah. you know, they can think in many different directions. And, and, and if you only do use the solution, but when there's a problem, it won't work. Mm. The magic, the key that opens the solution book for just $2 <laughs> yes. is making it regular because even if there's no problem to discuss let's let's talk about something exciting to plan about let's uh randomly pick a name out of the hat and we and everyone say something that they appreciate about that person yeah you know it's the family just touching base together i mean schools do this they have like um you know the in high school the form meeting before you go off to your classes they all sit with their form teacher you know 
yeah 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 i remember that from high school <laughs> yeah <laughs> amazing oh that's such a such a great idea and um as you said you could put other things in the solution book or absolutely certain activities or, uh, or things that you know the family wants to do together wonderful what's the best time to have a meeting do you think is it on the weekends or i i think friday um friday? after after school or you know after dinner with snack you've got to have food you know remember Enid Blyton every every chapter of her book had children eating food you know uh-huh. <laughs> you've got you've got to have some nice food homemade you know cookies or something like that or bought ones or at the end of the meeting you say okay uh whose turn is it to choose what the food is for the next meeting uh-huh. you know and and uh-huh. so everyone gets involved but again 50 percent of families are separated mm. so that's hard too yeah. So maybe once a fortnight, if, you know, um, they could have it once a week at mum's house and once a week at dad's house, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, how do you handle those situations? Well, we always have chicken and chips on Friday nights. So, <laughs> and everyone's really happy with that. So we could anchor. I always say also with, um, if you want to build a new habit, you connect it with another habit. So like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're brushing your teeth and you want to do something else, you know, do it straight after you brush your teeth or it's something that happens all the time if it's a daily habit, right? And um, yeah, I could link up chicken and chips night. (laughs) And look, if if you take one of your children down to the news agents and they say, which exercise book should we buy? Which text should we buy to write the solution book on the cover, you know? Um, You know what I mean? Involve, let the children own the family meeting. Too often the parents own it and then a, a person is a chairperson that moves around, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's switch over the chair people? Yeah, every time. Every single time. I love it. Okay, so the other thing that you had here, adults who get to tell the child's story. Um, mm. So tell me about that, a space. Um, how do you create a safe space to express worries, wishes and needs? Is it to do with the solution book or is there some other ideas that oh, you have? Look, that, that, that. That's a little bit different, really. Again, when I'm, I supervise counsellors that work with children and adults, but when I'm working with uh, counsellors that supervise, that uh, counsel children, basically what happens is they'll say, oh, in the referral, the parents just say he's really angry, he's uh, heightened all the time, he's aggressive. Mm-hmm. So that the child is being described and labelled by, by the parent, the, the very closest person to that child. So what happens is we, we, in the end, the child will internalise that mm. and they'll think, oh, I'm just angry and aggressive, which will bring them to a sense of shame, which then will turn into rage. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and, and the point is we've, we've got to help parents say, okay, well, what's wonderful about your child? I know, I know you've got some problems that are popping up at home. There's, there's some anger popping up and aggression. I hear yeah. you. But could we, first of all, uh, hear about what's wonderful about your child. What is one thing that pops to mind? And, oh, well, you know, they're really helpful with their baby brother. Okay, so helpful with baby brother. That's a beautiful image. Mm. What Can you tell me a little story about what, you know, when the child's helpful with the baby brother? And, and then what happens is the parent starts to um, talk about the child in a totally different way, in a tender way, yes. in a, uh, a devotional way. Mm. Yeah. yeah and then but the, and then when i see the child or when the counselor that i'm supervising sees the child the counselor can say to the child 
oh, it's nice to meet you. You know, what's really lovely, when I met um, mum and dad, they said that one thing that was really wonderful about you was that you really take care of your little brother. Now, how different is that from the child coming to their first session and you say, look, I hear you've got some anger and aggressive problems, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't feel right, does it? You know, no. like, you know, making, yeah, you're not going to have an open-ended conversation, are you? Well, no, and, and in narrative, narrative therapy, we call that double listening. We're going to listen to the problem, acknowledge the problem. These parents are going through hell because of the problem. Yes. Uh, but let's listen with the other ear to who this child is. Mm. Because sometimes what is being said about us, is that true, um, is often not something that we have thought of ourselves, but how we've heard someone overheard what our yeah. grandparents or our parents or mm -hmm. adults, yeah. Yeah. you know, teachers even, you know, um, yes. people yeah. who get labeled a certain thing in life, mm -hmm. they just mm -hmm. keep living up to that. You know? yeah. And we call that having that internalised. I remember once when I was in my 30s going to some, you know, training workshop and they said, um, answer this question, I am, and there was a blank, you know, yeah. and I just put, I am naughty because that's, that's how I'd been always referred to, you know, this naughty child that couldn't sit still or whatever, you know, yeah. a bit cheekier. <laughs> and, and actually that was still with me in my 30s. This was an, it had become an internalized description of me. And I decided at that point that actually, you know, naughty was working in my favor because I connected with children in a way um, because they were, we're not naughty. We're just, we're wanting new things to happen. We, we like life to be a bit exciting. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I had the label of I'm selfish, um, oh. you know, because I had heard, um, you know, uh, a family, uh, you know, uh, whether it's aunties or, or mom or, you know, oh, she's so selfish or, you know, like, you know, that mm. kind of stuff. And mm. in my head, uh, and as you say, sometimes it may serve us in a positive way because it turns you uh, into a person that, you mm. know, like I give, give, give so much all of the time in everything that I do and even more, more than enough because that's the feedback I keep getting from, you know, the people I interact with, mm. especially in my business and with my clients. You know, mm. you just give away so much of your stuff all all of the time. That, um, but I don't I don't believe that. Um, you know, I choose not to believe that anymore because, yeah. yeah, sometimes it's not nothing to do with us. It's more how other people, um, what are they coming from? What lens of beliefs and experiences mm. yeah. in their own life that they perceive this to be X or whatever that. That's right. Yeah. And again, that's from the last century. That, that a lot of these words like selfish, naughty, you hear less and less now in this 21st century. Mm -hmm. But occasionally they pop up and we can say uh, to a parent, I'll say, oh, that sounds like 20th century language. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So so is that like, and that's how you can tell because it's, um, you know, words that were used more in the past, yeah? Well, uh, uh, you know, any word that describes a, a little child in a, a way that would make that child feel ashamed or, you know, unhappy, mm. uh, then that, that, that isn't the way of the future. That isn't the, what we've learned. We've yeah. learned that to do that actually affects the child's heart. I'll put my hand on, on my heart and my belly when I'm with a child and say, oh, what's it like when you hear mum say that? Mm. And, they'll, and they'll put their hand there and go, it doesn't feel nice, Kim, mm. you know. So, well, is that something we want to work on? Getting getting mum to 
uh, think about every time she thinks that, that she's not going to be saying it. She's going to say something else. What would you like mum to say? Like, instead of selfish, you know, mm. um, that you, I, know, I might say to the child, that's really you looking after yourself. You want to curl up in bed and, and not come down to dinner because you've had a big day. Mm. That's, that's not selfish. That's looking after yourself. Are you happy with that? Because again, if the child can um, express themselves, their voice can be heard and say, I've had a big day. Um, they feel happier, they're understood, everyone goes, oh, okay, it's not going to happen every day, it's not going to become a new pattern, because yeah. the child is going to be happier yeah. that mum's heard. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I completely, yeah, agree with everything you say, and I'm sure there's so many gold nuggets just like this throughout the book, that's why people made you, <laughs> come on, do it, you know, how long, how long had you been thinking about doing it before you found us, like, had you... Has it had it been on your radar, or was it because of the pandemic that finally you had this extra time? Oh, look, for you know, for over fifteen years or twenty years, I've been delivering you know talks about parenting and working with children, and every time I do, I put together a, a workbook or you know, yeah. so I'd kind of already um, been doing it in some way, yeah, capturing what I wanted to share and putting it in writing. So although I'm not a writer. I don't profess to be a writer. Nevertheless, I think I've been able to communicate in the book the essence of these ideas and, um, you know, things that will actually inspire people. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, basically, yeah, the algorithm sent me your Facebook um, <laughs> things saying, you know, come and write a book. And I went, you know what? Now's a perfect time. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. So how was the process? How did you find the the journey going through it you came to the november retreat last year and you had your book in hand pretty much you know in march in march so uh, three yeah. to four months after the retreat is when yeah. i say so you followed Look, it was the it was hard hard work it, it you know you don't realize what's involved but you couldn't I couldn't have done it on my own you guys have got the expert knowledge the skills you're very generous as you said in sharing everything you've got so many YouTube tips <laughs> yeah. on each step in on each stage you know um and, and short ones you know no one wants something more than three minutes you know you've got these and then you've got the editors you've got the layout people you've got like people like Stu and Viv and Julie who help you unpack things. You guys have just got everything there ready to go. So without that, I couldn't have written this book. So thank you very much for helping me write my book. It's amazing. I just I, I just love it. And, um, you know, it looks beautiful as well. I know you had an illustrator yeah. for it as well, um, you know, for all yeah. the pictures. Yeah, so Tamar Dolev and I, again, although I'd met her a few years ago, we only worked on Zoom throughout the whole writing of the book of so I would send her images and she would send them back to me and we'd have zoom meetings yeah. so Tamar Dolev is a, a local artist award-winning artist and and you know she's got that lovely creative style she did over 50 black and white illustrations in the book and even this one here you know the yeah. fight flight freeze um yeah. it's so unique and and I show you know, pictures now um, in my training of, of her drawings yeah. and they, everyone loves it. You'd be using them in all your presentations. I mean, they're yours now and, um, yeah, you know, and yeah. that, that's good for her as well. Amazing. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're so glad to have helped you and it's always um, so heartwarming to see, you know, a topic like this also, 
you know, come into the marketplace and help those teachers, counsellors, um, parents, you know, um, yeah. understand children a lot more and be able to hear them and what are they saying because, yeah, we forget, but yet <laughs> the inner child is still within us. Well, if anyone wants to write a book, guys, visit writerbook.com.au to check out what we've got on offer. But more importantly, I'd love to know where can people buy your book, Kim? Um, you know, where where have you got it? T- share, share your website. Look, it's um, I mean, obviously it's on places like Amazon and Booktopia yeah. and Angus and Robertson's, and, and that's at the moment they're about $32. Um, yeah. But it's, it's on my website, kimbillington.com.au. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still at $19.95 plus $5 postage. So it's at the moment it's cheaper to buy from me if people want to, and I just put it in the mail the next day, and I'm very appreciative, of course. But my, my main thing is to get it into universities where counsellors who are training can learn more about this because child counselling isn't covered that well in university courses. So that's a really big focus for me this year. So that's your intention, get it into university. So it almost becomes one of the uh, recommended reading material or essential mandatory. Yes. (laughs) I love it. And you work your business uh, from home. We chatted before we got on to the, um, you know, and so you've created this flexibility and you're able to uh, help uh, families, but also counsel and um, as you say now some counsellors are also asking you for some of the techie advice of how do you become a you know do it in this virtual world yeah zoom and all that that's right using that zoom whiteboard is is a skill I've had to develop last year I did about 26 trainings and everything had to be using zoom in the lockdown and and so you know today at um, 11 30 I've got a a 90 minute zoom webinar about using the zoom whiteboard counsellors yeah another niche you know when you successfully do something yourself you are able to then uh, impart some of that knowledge and those shortcuts to other people so guys kimbillington.com.au so billington b-i-l-l-i-n-g-t-o-n did i get it right because yes thank you (laughs) uh (laughs) just because in in voice recording some people um won't see it like typed up so um go and grab the book at a special rate otherwise it's available at all your good online um booksellers it's called a counselor's companion it's right there behind her if you're watching this on video and um it looks absolutely beautiful so congratulations kim and i really really appreciate all your tips this morning i'm gonna go and make sure i'll talk to my family about uh friday night to be um chicken and chips which is what we always have and get our solution and which we can do right here on the second week of school holidays the kids can choose one so that'll be my action from this morning we've had a few people um uh write comments i encourage you to go and um check those out thank you guys those of you that have been watching live because we're through zoom i don't get them for uh, coming up on the screen but i have you've got like yeah what, many comments here um from uh fellow listeners so i hope you enjoyed today's interview with kim billington and um and go and set your own family meeting that would be my uh suggestion and buy your own solution book Have a wonderful week, Kim. Bye. Thank you so much, Nat. Wonderful opportunity. Thanks for the team. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye.